The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck.
I'm Dave Hawkins, and welcome to this special edition of The Antidote. You know, it seems unimaginable to me, but this is the 500th episode of this show. The intention of The Antidote has always been to dispel the myth that Christian music sucks. And I really enjoy searching out artists who have exceptional talent and who deliver a Christian worldview in their music. I've always wanted to highlight their music to both Christians and non-Christians. But to be totally honest, doing a radio program like The Antidote can also be selfish. I mean, who doesn't want to have a one-on-one talk with their favorite artist? That's always been the case for me. The blessing is that I'm able to share it with our listeners. So for tonight, I've decided to bring in a few of the artist interviews along with the music that's made an impact on me. Hopefully, it will do the same for you. We began the night with Bride's Psychedelic Super Jesus, the very first song that aired on this program. And now we head to the first interview on The Antidote. From 2011, here's a part of my talk with Christian music pioneer Randy Stonehill. Randy Stonehill is known as one of the fathers of Christian rock music, and Randy's uh, been kind enough to take some time and join The Antidote and share his thoughts on Christian rock music and how it's moved from its infancy to uh, today's era. So, Randy, your first album, Born Twice, it debuted in 1971, and it's considered one of uh, Christian rock's most influential albums. So what kind of reception did the album receive and Christian rock in general back in 71? Well, you know, Dave, um, that was, it, well, it, it certainly received um, a mixture of responses because that whole approach to sharing the gospel was so fresh and new. But so it was really interesting to, like I said, to see the response to the music you had. It was, there was a great polarization. I think some of the perhaps more cautious old-school thinkers looking at rock and roll and thinking, oh, no good thing can come of this, you know. And, uh, but uh, for, you know, for guys like me, for whom that music was such a powerful voice in my own life, I was just doing what came naturally. I was going, well, I was thinking, well, this Jesus came crashing into my life. This is nothing less than miraculous, and I want to share it with the tools I've been given. So I just was kind of guileless and, and uh, doing what I thought I should do. And then I found that my generation, kids that would never think to darken the doors of a church, we didn't even know what that was about, they were hearing the timeless message of the gospel in their own language. And so, like I said, there was a vast polarization. We had a lot of raised eyebrows, a lot of doors slammed in my face, and then we had the exciting thing was this sense of that God was at work and we had, you know, this whole new generation hearing the gospel in a way that was accessible.
That was a portion of good news from Randy Stonehill. I never want to see a music genre die, so when two of my favorite ska bands reunited, I tagged both of them for a talk. Here's the OC Supertones with Superfly. Hey, this is Tony Jerusa from the Orange County Supertones, and you are listening to The Antidote with Dave Hawkins. One, two, three, check, check, check! Turn the track up! A little louder now! Just slowly blows it 
everything in their past for God. They did so with the same fervor and sense of entitlement for their new God. Themselves. Bye! Take! Break! Throw it away! They've been guests a few times on The Antidote. Five Iron Frenzy gave us American Kryptonite. Tonight is going to be full of my favorite interviews. One of those was back in 2012 with August Burns Red. The cool part was that our conversation turned into the song Creative Captivity on their Rescue and Restore album. This is The Antidote with Dave Hawkins, and we're here with the one and only August Burns Red. Hey, how's it going? I'm Jake Lores, lead vocalist of August Burns Red, and I'm actually really, really excited to do this interview. Yeah, that makes me glad too. (laughs) But I think you're just being polite. (laughs) So ABR seems to be reaching into almost an art metal realm. So what's up with this musical progression? Honestly, the simplest response to that is just progression, growth in the band. As musicians and just as we... Uh, mature as you know into adulthood and, and grow in the music world I think it's just the direction that we're just naturally taking it's not anything that we've um, said hey you know this is what we're gonna do I think it's really just is what's just evolving from uh, our musicianship and just um, maturing as a musician so I like it I, I think it's a cool direction because I, I think it's something more clever and for August Burns Red we've never really wanted to be the same ever on any record or, or even you know trying to just let each track have its own identity you know I think it's really important for us so I think with that kind of concrete like foundation I think what's birthed is uh, what you're saying is like this um, already metal music you know what I mean I think what our thing is that we want to progress and stay in our realm as far as what August Burns Red is and what the root of August Burns Red is musically um, yet we do want to experiment, we do want to go outside the box, and we don't want to write the same record over again. I think the, the day musicians stop growing is the day that fans stop listening, um, because they don't want to hear another Constellations, they don't want to hear another Messengers, even if they say, oh, I like Messengers better. Well, had we wrote another Messengers, you would be saying to me, wow, you wrote Messengers again, you know, and uh, that would have brought disappointment as well. So. It's really um, the grass is greener on the other side kind of thing. So I'm going to ask you to be a little self-analytical. And this is a bit of a pointed question, but you got to admit, Metal Realms, it's a fairly congested genre. What do you think makes August Burn Red stand out from the rest of the crowd? That's a really difficult question. And however I respond to this, I just want uh, people to know that 
it's not an ego trip or, or, or boasting by any means because I don't like doing that. And quite frankly, I, I think a lot of bands aren't very different from one another. And it's really hard to find something that's new under the sun because um, a lot of things, like you said, I mean, this, this industry is oversaturated. I think one thing is that our inspiration, our, our influences, we're influenced by music that is not a metal uh, genre. We listen to a lot of ambient music, a lot of acoustic stuff, a lot of um, indie rock, or just um, things that aren't fitting to the demographic of the uh, metal industry. So I think that might have a, a bit of a, um, an impact. I'll never say that we fully sound different. It's never fully yours. You know, you have a foundation, you have bricks that you build off of. However, what I've always said to kids that say they want to be in a band or they've got a band, take what you know and apply it, but don't replicate. Soak it in and absorb it, but continue to be you, you know, because uh, that's the important thing. That's, that's what's going to really shine through, and that's, I think, the key. We all decide. We all make decisions. There's not just, you know, one cook in the kitchen. So with that being said, if there's new ideas coming from four or five other guys, and we're all humble enough to respect those ideas and use them and apply them. I think that that's the real, you know, progression part. Not just having one guy write songs all the time um, and having one guy write the lyrics all the time, you know. And I think that's what keeps us not different, but on top. So it's it's really more heart stuff and internal stuff than it is anything else.
Give me time, cause I'm stuck in this world's hourglass Hey! Hourglass from the Celtic punk band Flatfoot 56, another favorite guest on the show. Sometimes I'm nervous heading into an interview, especially when it's someone who's brilliant, like Josh Scoggin of 68 and the Chariot. But when we're both coffee lovers and we're chatting over a cup, it makes it easier. So let's hear the talk and the song, Three is a Crowd. It's almost like 68, the music bridges between chaos and art is there a defining line between those two i don't think so you know i mean i think there's a little chaos in everything and i I think art needs to be chaotic i I like pictures of roses and paintings and this and the other but at the end of the day it's like i I like chaos and something that again sort of defines life and defines sort of where you're at and what you do and for me it's there's no distinction i'm just creating art and sometimes it feels very very smooth and everything's even with the music I write sometimes it it feels good there's a a harmony going on or whatever but then sometimes I want that tension I want it to feel uneasy you know and stressful and 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 I think you know as I create art sometimes it's one way sometimes another way but together it it makes something that you know I think as far as I can relate to you know what I mean I, I can relate to the beauty and the stress you know because that's the way life is to me you know Stranger! 
pre-Mute Math days, you wrote a song, Gummy Bear. <laughs> but now you have your own gummy. You have Steve Government in the band. So did that make that song title prophetic? First of all, what's amazing is that is the song before Mute Math I get asked the most about, which is so weird. It was just the B-side to um, to one of the Earthsuit projects. Yes, and it was called Gummy Buffalo, and it might have been. And no one's made that connection before, and that's really going to have me pondering the rest of the day now. <laughs> I'm going to go back and look at those lyrics. My thanks go to Paul Meany of Mute Math for sharing your time with The Antidote. My pleasure, Dave. Thanks. To where imagination exists A little black, a little white, a little grey, a little twist Everything's bliss, so my nature resists I'm breaking down, I'm breaking through, I'm breaking off, I'm breaking this The explanation is I dress the canvas The world is much nicer when the world's anonymous It's all paper clouds, rain and blue snow On a gummy buffalo, buffalo It's a state of mind, somewhere to fall, a place to live, a place to run, a place to walk, a place to crawl. And yet I seem to be getting nowhere at all. Give it up, give it in, give it a try, give it a call. I walk the corridors and walk the shores, walk the floors. I take the doors that lead me to the roars. It's all the sounds that are coming from the show of the gummy buffalo, buffalo. Gummy Buffalo from Earthsuit, certainly not the same caliber as the music from Mute Math. The band has gone through huge changes over the last few years. All the band members are gone, including Darren King, probably the greatest drummer I've ever seen. So now Paul Meany has turned Mute Math into a solo project. You know, I think probably one of the most fun talks I've ever had is with another band who's disappeared. Here's Chapstick from Family Force 5, and we'll bring in I Love You to Death. Absolutely crazy that that song was labeled as a B-side. One reason I've always enjoyed Family Force 5 is that you've never hesitated in switching around your musical style. I think the litmus test is we usually try to get it like a, a three-year-old and uh, play the music and see if the three-year-old starts dancing and kind of singing along and laughing and that if that happens, it usually means it's a good sign. That means everybody will, will kind of dig it. <laughs> Any kid under Any five kid will, will do. do. <laughs> yeah, you just don't grab them off the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then we'll be writing different kind of music. Jail music. Yeah, jail music. You have to start singing the blues then. <laughs> yeah. Yo, what's up? This is Chapstick from Family Force 5, and you are listening to The Antidote with Dave Hawkins, the second best show on the radio.
your lyrics are quite cryptic. You don't write an obvious set of lyrics. Yeah. Is that beneficial? Um, yeah, it's a very big thing for me to write, put things in a very beautiful way, just where people could, like, you know, hear something very simple, yet in a different form. I feel like that allows people to just accept it in a, a whole new world. Well, so long as you just don't speak cryptically to your husband, because guys have a really hard time with that. <laughs> hey, well, that, that's kind of a, a universal thing for all women and the husband. <laughs> Kaikai may be one of the most undervalued bands of all time. Their fantasized album, including Dreams, 2AM, and it was far and away the best released of 2014. 
It was also an honor to have Dave Elkins of Mave visit The Antidote for a talk about one of the best albums of all time. When you did The Everglow, I consider it to be the best concept album I've ever heard. Ha, thanks. But did you design The Everglow as a conceptual album? Well, at, at first we didn't. Um, we were just writing songs, you know, um, on tour. You know, write a song and get it well enough long to where we could include it into our set on our next tour. These songs were identifying with people, and um, that was exciting for us. So we would keep at it, keep at it, just like anyone would when they're you know writing their follow-up record. And it was about halfway through the process that I was realizing that if you put these songs in a particular order, they were kind of telling the story of the dream coming true for, for me, for Jacob and I. And I'm, we were meeting people where they were, and our music was having impact on them the same way that music was having impact on me when I was younger. So if you put the songs in a particular order, it could talk about being in a place of wonder and expectation to going through some self-realization, some highs and definitely some lows, and then on the other side realizing that, in fact, the dream did come true.
Christian music doesn't only come from the States, so I've always wanted to bring an international flavor to this show. India has a huge Christian metal scene, which includes Final Surrender. Here's part of my talk with the band and their song, Ego Snakehead. What about influences from India itself? I mean, your second full-length Empty Graves brought in that on a few songs. You know, like sitar and some of the Indian vocals. Yes, uh, so that was a very intentional move. Since we've grown up in India and, and we've listened to so much of Indian music, we guys are not trained to be professional Indian musicians in, in the sense to say we, we don't play Indian instruments. But uh, the very fact that we grew up as kids from India, we, we, we've listened to a vast uh, choice of Indian music, you know, be it from the cinemas here or just solo Carnatic Hindustani music. And that we did it because we thought it would be a cool thing to do because I don't think so there's any other bands doing that. We felt that also uh, with the songwriting that we had for that album, this would be very musical to incorporate. And uh, we had some of the best musicians, some of the best uh, ensembles from India come and be part of this through the recording process.
Much of the music from the Huntingtons might be light. I mean, they do have a song called No Pool Party Tonight. But they also have a serious side, and that fits in perfectly on The Antidote. We weren't professional in any way, stretch of the imagination, but it was definitely a foundation for what we started the band. And, and that was it. So, like, um, 95, we had found our sound, and then we had sent these demos uh, to our record company. We were already signed because we were signed off the strength of my little demos that I had made with my material that we had done. But anyway, we had made these demos of this new stuff and we sent them to the record company and they were like, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, well, let's get you guys in the studio. And, and, and then we we decided we needed to change our name again. And so we just all sat around kind of spitballing ideas back together on what's, what's called a band. Uh, we thought it was very punk rock for the presentation of the band to not be like the sound of the band. Now that's very, very short sighted and very, very, very unprofessional. But we thought that was funny and cool because we didn't know any better. So we came up with the Huntington's. It was a name of a housing development near where our drummer lived. And um, we just thought that the Huntington's sounded like some traveling gospel band. Hey, this is Cliffy from the Huntington's and you're tuned in to the Antidote. Rock on. Remedy Drive has been signed to a couple of labels, Centricity and Word. Does now being an independent band open things up for you artistically that you weren't able to do on a label? You can't overstate that enough. The um, compression and the sanitizing and the shrink wrapping of my creative soul is something that I'm still recovering from. There's just such a narrow amount of bandwidth, and you can't go outside the lines. I guess it's not everybody at every company like that, but it's just a, such a narrow view of the world and a narrow view of what art should be. And I had a guy tell me, hey, it's not so much about making art. You just have to figure out the craft of making something that's going to work. And I just couldn't live that way. I'm an artist.
want to say that the kind of treatment David Zock of Remedy Drive received from his record label was typical, but it is something that does happen, and I'm glad he was able to share that with the antidote. We're almost at the end of our 500th episode, so I guess I should fill you in about next week's plan. Christopher Spatz is a regular listener to the antidote, and we've been chatting back and forth about Christian grunge bands. So he and I have put a grunge playlist together, and you'll hear our picks next week. Another band that I've always enjoyed spending time with comes up next, and they give us spit and blood for a closer. Thanks for coming, and I'll see you again next week. This is Aaron Stone of My Epic, and you're listening to The Antidote with my friend Dave Hawkins. 